<laughs> Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... Party Summons a Demon to Become Their Dungeon Master Hi everyone, All Things D&D is back with another story. What would happen if you accidentally summoned a demon while you were playing D&D? Well, this group is about to find out. All the candles in the room went out. Smoke boiled from the small pentagram carved into the table, curling into an ever-thickening serpent of fog. Scarlet lightning arced within the cloud and cast the shadowed faces of the various figures around the table in sharp relief. As the shadows of the room deepened and the coiling mist stopped rising into the air, a voice spoke from... Which foul sorcerer has dared to pull me into this mortal world from my slumber? It rumbled. Red lightning licked the top of the table as the cloud pulsed with power. Eyes seemed to stare out at the people around the table, specifically at one particularly scrawny kid, clutching some sort of book. The kid coughed slightly and rose his hand into the air. The spirals of smoke pulled inward and became darker as red eyes materialized out of the mist and peered at him. They looked slightly confused. If you were the unholy sorcerer who summoned me forth, speak your demands so I may be rid of this pathetic form. It rumbled at him. Do you wish for power over your enemies? It growled, and a massive sword materialized out of smoke and scarlet electricity. It hovered above the table before melting into a pair of pistols, before drifting into the table to explode in the vague shape of a mushroom cloud. Or perhaps riches untold, and fountains of rubies poured out of the dark smoke. They clattered loudly onto the wood in front of the kid with the notebook, who looked thoroughly unseduced by the fortune. The voice paused for a moment and the rubies dissolved into the shadow. It then spoke again, a slight entreaty in its voice now. Or for immortality and a life to best death itself. As a black skull formed around its blood-red eyes, then cracked and shattered into motes of darkness. The kid looked slightly amused. No, not really, the kid said. He reached to his side hefted a thick book onto the table and slid it towards the demon. Its form shrank slightly as it peered at the title, then looked up at the kid in bewilderment. You want me to make the contents of the book real? It asked. The kid shrugged. I suppose, in our imaginations, yeah. A girl sitting across the table from him piped up. We don't want actual minotaurs rampaging around, but definitely like in the story we do. The demon shook its form in disbelief. No mortal has ever asked for this. To be clear, if I play a character in this game, you will release me? No, no, we don't want you to be a character, the kid said. He tossed a small object towards the cloud, and a spectral hand formed instantly and caught it. The scarlet eyes gazed down at a roughly round shape with numbers on it, a die with 20 sides. The kid grinned. We want you to DM our game. The demon rolled the die between its darkly smoking knuckles, staring at it. Then it sighed and dropped it to the table where it dissolved into mist. One of the kids, a curly-haired boy twirling a pencil, made a disconcerted noise at the die's disappearance. That was my favorite d20, he murmured as if to himself. The demon distractedly twitched its spectral hand, and the pencil the boy was fiddling with began to bend. It twisted as if made of clay and started weaving itself into a spherical braid, with tiny splinters breaking off and curling into fine numbers. A heartbeat after the boy had dropped it, an intricately carved wooden die hit the tabletop. As the curly-haired boy picked it up with a gleeful grin, the demon sighed resignedly and looked up at the scrawny kid who stared at it expectantly. Fine, I will do this for you, O oh summoner, it rumbled. Then I will take my leave 
and move on to more ambitious ones. The curling pillar of dark fog began to twist upon itself more rapidly until a spinning column of black mist rose from the pentagram carved onto the table. Red lightning arced within, casting a bloody glow on the faces of the kids sitting around the table. The column exploded. The room was flooded with smoke. Curls of it drifted lazily through the air, and while the kids sitting around the table could see each other, the rest of the room was shrouded in black. Voices faintly echoed from the darkness, and red light shuddered in the shadow, until a figure suddenly emerged from the fog. A woman wearing a ragged stained apron approached the table and stopped. She pulled a pad of paper from her waist and snatched a pencil from behind her ear. Welcome to the Drunken Mermaid. Would you like drinks or food first? She asked them roughly. The scrawny kid sat back in his chair. So, we're in a tavern? The scarlet light that had been softly glowing suddenly blazed with brilliant intensity, and the fog seemed to melt away around them. The room they had been in was gone, and they sat in the center of a loud, crowded medieval tavern. Serving women pushed between tightly crowded tables, while body men and women clashed mugs, dripping with beer, and a fiddler danced his fingers over strings in the corner. To the side, the bartender slid bottles across to patrons and swept coins back behind the counter in a constant blur of motion. Wanted posters were plastered over each other on the far wall, illuminated by the many hanging globes of scarlet light, not unlike the demon's eyes. I'll take three beers, your strongest type, the girl exclaimed dramatically, then gestured to the rest of the kids. What about the rest of you? The curly-haired boy chuckled at her joke, but the serving woman took it in stride. Of course, although we have a bit of a shortage lately. These bandits have really been running our stock dry. Now that I mention it, the scrawny kid interrupted. What about the backstories? The entire room froze. The bartender stopped pouring drinks, the serving woman's pencil paused above the notepad, and the drunken man falling off the bench near the wall hung silently in midair. The table warped in front of the scrawny kid and pushed upwards as if someone was pressing their face into it from beneath. A face like a laughing mask, except somehow it was scowling. The demon's voice groaned through the room. Backstories? I didn't know I had to come up with your backstories. It rumbled in displeasure. The scrawny kid shook his head and the curly-haired boy spoke up. Actually, I have a pretty neat one for my character, who's a dwarf named Havolder Rockbreaker. At this, an audible pop was heard, and the boy dropped down to a significantly shorter height in his chair. He shrieked at the change and shouted, No, I'm an elf! Another pop, and he was a tall, willowy version of himself. I lived in the foothills, sorry, forests near the sleeping mountains for most of my life. The fireplace in the corner sputtered to life with crimson flames and retched forth ashy smoke. That smoke rose in front of the mantle and formed a wavering mountain range, with flickers of flame moving beneath them, vaguely humanoid in shape. Our town lived peacefully, and I was employed as a blacksmith. I was, the curly-haired boy said somewhat proudly, rather good at it. The fire crackled and sent up a shower of sparks, disturbing the smoke and sending it swirling violently. A coin that had been frozen in midair suddenly dropped to the ground, and the sound of it striking the stone was the peel of iron against steel. Until a necromancer arrived. It wasn't like the stories. He just wanted more skeletons for his army. The fire blazed against the wall. The flames traced the barest outlines of dozens of faces that drifted up out of the fireplace, before the sparks blew out and only skulls of smoke rose to the ceiling and dissipated. I had been at the quarry, examining a new vein of iron, when the necromancer raised the town. So I survived, and I'm sworn on revenge. The curly-haired boy finished suddenly. The fire died down and resumed crackling fitfully, smoke rising out of sight into the chimney. I'm a human sorcerer, said the scrawny boy to fill the silence. The curly-haired boy and girl both looked at him, along with the laughing mask pressing up out of the table. I don't have as good a backstory as that, and that was pretty awesome, but I trained with my master for a long time, till I was almost as good as him. 
One of the beers on a nearby serving woman's motionless tray tipped over and spilled in a growing puddle across the kid's table. The puddle began shivering and formed into two figures striding along the perimeter of the table, shimmering in amber. My master had a spell go wrong, and he's now terminally ill. I managed to put him in a state of suspension. At this, the beer on the table swirled into an oval, cocoon-like shape, with the figure walking away determinedly. And I now search for the cure to save him. The beer dissolved into a formless puddle in the center of the table, as all faces turned to look at the girl. She shuffled her feet slightly and looked around. I'm a human rogue, but my backstory is… kinda secret for now. I guess it will come out with the rest of the game, okay Mr. DM? She said towards the face in the table. It stared at her impassively for a moment, as if disappointed that she wanted to wait, then nodded. As it retreated back into the table, the room began to move again, and the serving woman moved away, to fetch a rag for the beer spilling along with their drinks. At that moment the door to the tavern thundered open, to reveal a huge man, wrapped in thick woolen robes, outlined against the howling snow and wind, echoing in the darkness outside. An immense broadsword was strapped to his back, and underneath his fur-lined hood was a massively scarred face. The curly-haired boy squealed in excitement, and the girl clapped her hands eagerly. The scrawny boy grinned and said, So our adventure starts? Man, I'm so excited for this! I bet you'll be the best DM ever! To the suddenly quiet tavern. No customers looked at him, but all the scarlet globes of light winked softly. The demon, a slight smile edging the corners of its ancient voice, rumbled. We begin in a tavern shrouded in nighttime, in a land shrouded in winter, with a figure shrouded in mystery. Jolder, what's the matter? A voice called out from the quiet tavern. Suddenly the room was a flurry of motion and noise as patrons jostled for a view of the fur-wearing man or tried to ask him a question. The curly-haired boy spoke up. Hey mister, what are you doing outside at this time of night? He called out over the din. The noise abruptly quieted as the fur-covered man's hood swiveled towards the boy and piercing blue eyes peered out at him. Bandits in the woods. I found their encampment. They have the Baron's son held up there too. I saw them drag him out of a tent, the man said. The girl frowned at this and spoke up. Why were you looking for the bandits? She asked. The man turned to her and growled in a voice oddly reminiscent of the demon's voice. I'm a bounty hunter, little girl. I was hired by the king to track down the bandits, not fight a small encampment. There are dozens of people there. The scrawny kid looked skeptical. Is this the plot hook? He asked into thin air. Every head in the bar, including the fur-wearing man's, nodded in unison. The kid shrugged. Hey, the classics are never bad, and began to stand up from the table. The room groaned, the people sitting around the kids sighed softly and dissolved into black fog. As the room melted away into smoke, it all swept towards where the kids were sitting, then hesitated at the base of the table. With a sudden surge, the fog pounced onto the top of the table and spread quick tendrils across its surface. The hanging globes of scarlet fire winked once again, then withdrew far, far into the ceiling until they were twinkling dots in a night sky that materialized above them. The kids sat in a densely wooded forest, towering over the trees as if they were giants. In the distance, jagged mountain peaks loomed tall over the forest. The girl reached out and brushed a patch of evergreens, startling a group of jet black ravens into the sky. They wheeled around the group before dissolving into the night. The tabletop writhed with smoke that seeped into the wood grain, spreading an inky blot across the surface. Tiny splinters of wood erupted from the grain and stretched upwards, sprouting minuscule green needles and leaves. Snow began swirling around the kids, layering the treetops below and the surface of the table. Before ten seconds had passed from sitting in the tavern, the table was a miniature of a snowy clearing, rising with the kids above the pine forest, stretching to distant mountains. The curly-haired boy grinned openly. 
Okay, that was cool. The girl leaned forward and spoke into the blizzard of snow, whipping around them. So where are we now? Unaffected by the wind and cold that only brought a light chill. The mountains around them suddenly rumbled and cracked, the faces crumbling and caving into deep voids, looking like stilted volcanoes or perhaps cows of cloaks. Then the rock began sloughing away as the mountains stood. A ring of hooded figures rose from where the mountains had loomed, rock crumbling off their forms, and they walked forward to stand behind the kids. The bottoms of their robes faded into dark fog that twined with the miniature trees. Scarlet eyes bloomed within all the cows, identical and intense. The fur-covered man leads the three of you deeper into the forest, the growling voice of the demon said. One of the cowed figures stretched out an arm, and a skeletal hand of black onyx poked out of the sleeve. A single figure hovered above the forest clearing for a moment, as a droplet of ink formed at its tip. The droplet quivered, then spattered onto the snowy ground, twisting and gathering the snow into a pale figure. A man wearing furs and a massive broadsword. Three more droplets of inky darkness, and the snow formed into a tall elven man, hefting a solid hammer, a human with an intricately carved staff, and a woman strapped with countless knives and ropes. They walked through the clearing and the forest moved with them, forming in front out of smoke and dissolving once they had passed. All three kids leaned over the miniatures in glee. I asked the man his name, said the scrawny kid. His miniature's mouth opened and mimicked his words. Shoulder, the man's voice echoed through the night. He didn't say anything else, as if content to walk in silence. The girl turned to the curly-haired boy. So why do you think the bandits are attacking the town? The boy shrugged. He turned to look at Jolder, and his miniature walked forward to stand beside him. How far away was the encampment? Jolder shook his head. Not far. We're getting close. He turned and looked stonily at the elven, curly-haired figure. I still claim half the reward, as is fair. I found them. The curly-haired boy began protesting, but the scrawny kid shushed him at a noise. A twig snapped in the forest. Then the snow froze motionless in the air, and the demon's voice sounded out. I'm... Not sure how to do this, it rumbled. The girl smiled lightly and said, Are we about to get into a fight? One of the hooded figures looming behind them inclined its head slightly. The girl gestured slightly. We have to roll perception then, to see if we spot the enemies coming, with a 20-sided die. The scrawny kid pulled a simple white die from a pocket and tossed it into the clearing. It puffed lightly into the snow, but still rolled unhindered. A 16. The girl tossed her die, a 14. The curly-haired boy dropped his intricately carven wooden dice into the clearing, and a 19 peered up at him. The hooded figures watched this intently, then turned their scarlet gaze on the small jolder. The figure grew transparent for a moment, and an ebony die materialized inside and dropped to the ground. A 2. The demon's voice cried out in glee. A 2 is the highest I can roll, correct? The scrawny boy coughed slightly and shook his head. No, 20 is the highest. 1 is the lowest, so 2 is pretty bad. An audible scowl echoed over the forest as Jolder hardened back into a solid figure and was promptly shot by an arrow. The man fell screaming to one knee, pulling free his massive broadsword. The human gripped his staff slightly and stepped lightly out of the path of the arrow that whistled by him. The rogue girl pulled free a pair of daggers and lowered into the brush, seeming to disappear amidst the snowy branches. The elven curly-haired boy shouted a cry and hefted his hammer. Two hooded figures outstretched their hands, and inky droplets formed at the fingertips before dropping out of sight behind the trees ringing the clearing. Seven droplets in total. A moment later, five bandits burst into the clearing, accompanied by two smoky gray wolves. The curly-haired boy cried out, I charged them! And the elven man began running towards the nearest bandits, hammer raised dangerously. The scrawny boy spoke up, 
I cast magic missile at the wolves. An intensely bright crimson flash erupted from the sorcerer, and a bolt of red lightning streaked across the clearing to strike the wolves, splitting in two. Before it hit, the wolves faded, and tiny dice rolled inside it. Before the wolves became opaque again and were hit by the brunt of the attack, they both fell to the ground, whimpering and smoking slightly. I sneak around behind them to try and sneak attack them, said the girl. A faint rustle of brush could be seen making its way along the edge of the clearing. One of the bandits grew transparent for a moment as a dice rolled inside it. Then it grew solid and raised a short sword to meet the hammer bearing into it. The bandit pushed the elven man aside and swung at him. The demon's voice muttered in the background. So they make a dexterity save by rolling a d20. Then grew louder as the hooded figures looked at the curly-haired boy. Roll a d20, it rumbled. A five. The elven man stumbled from the cut of the sword into his arm, then retaliated with a crushing swing to the bandit's side. They dropped instantly, moaning in pain. Meanwhile, the two bandits ran towards the sorcerer. One knocked an arrow and let it fly, while the scrawny kid rolled his die. A fifteen! That's a miss! He cried excitedly. The other raised a spear. I cast burning hands on the two bandits, said the kid dramatically. The bandits briefly turned transparent as dice rolled, then grew solid. One dove out of the way. The other stumbled into the flames roaring from the sorcerer and fell to the ground desperately rolling. The other raised his sword before getting tackled by Jolder. The girl rose from the brush silently behind the remaining two bandits, who were frantically trying to knock arrows. They turned transparent as dice rolled, but didn't notice her as the three and seven faded back into their bodies. Knives were whipped to their throats, and they froze. Look, listen, we didn't want to do this, one desperately said. The other was nodding as frantically as he could, without slitting his own throat. We need supplies, we need food, our families are starving in this infernal winter. The curly-haired elf straightened as the boy spoke. Why do you have no supplies already? The bandit shook his head. Our village was attacked, we had no other options, the people were terrified, skeletons come to life in stories, not real life. The curly-haired boy's face grew taunt for a moment, in unexpected emotion. The girl whispered loudly, was it a necromancer with a skeletal army? The bandit swallowed carefully and nodded. The three kids looked at each other for a moment, while the hooded figures loomed above. The scrawny kid smiled and said, well, why don't we dish that necromancer some nice cold revenge for all those towns? The scarlet eyes in the shadowed cows gleamed eagerly, and the demon began speaking again. An hour later, you arrive in the hollowed valley. It murmurs with motion, as dozens of people look up from their daily tasks to see your arrival. The fell voice rumbled. The four figures, accompanied by five much more bruised figures and two singed wolves, made their way carefully down the snowy slope. Far above them, the kids looked down upon the scene like ancient gods, shadowed by spectral hooded figures with achingly bright red eyes. They lead you to the largest tent in the valley, which despite being the nicest, is still roughly made, the demon rumbled. Onyx hands twirled above the kids' heads, dripping a steady pattern of inky droplets onto the snow, which curled and twisted into little figures that stepped forward anxiously, weapons half-drawn. Tents unfurled from the snowy ground as the most armored figure stepped forward. Why did you bring these people here, Yurik? You know our rules about outsiders. It's to keep us safe, the armored figure said in a high voice. They removed their helmet to reveal a woman's strong, angled face. I tell them that we're here to slay the necromancer, and I use some cantrips to create little sparks and levitations and stuff, spoke up the scrawny kid. Tiny weapons shuddered and flew out of scabbards of their own volition, and the snow swirled around the sparking sorcerer. The woman faded for a moment as a die tumbled within her, then regained opacity. She nodded curtly to the group and motioned them into her tent. Suddenly, the snow blew backwards, the stars winked out, and the hooded figures stepped backwards until their cloaks merged together in an unbreakable wall that stretched to the ceiling. 
A moment passed, then a crimson bonfire sputtered to light beside the table, casting a glow on the various bandits sitting inside the patchwork cloth tent. Jolder sat on a splintered stool at the table too. She speaks with you about your plans to defeat the necromancer, and seems emboldened by your easy defeat of the bandits and clear magical abilities, says the demon. She will give you what you need to fight them. The bandit leader opened a heavy oaken chest against the canvas wall, then began pulling out items and weapons and setting them on the table. She says that you may each take one. The scrawny kid bent down over them and began poking through them as Jolder reached immediately for a bejeweled ring, tucking it carefully into a pocket. The curly-haired boy caught his eye and he shrugged. For my wife, I'm not home much with this business, so... He said, shrugging again. He was interrupted by a cry of delight from the girl as she pulled free a knife, seemingly chiseled from a single ruby. It glittered darkly in the firelight as the demon spoke. It will always return when thrown, O oh rogue. The curly-haired boy pocketed a bag of coins. That has no magical properties, the demon said confused, while the curly-haired boy just grinned and winked. The scrawny kid pulled a glowing glove from the pile. The demon muttered softly, It casts powerful fireballs once a day, O oh summoner, as he slid it on. The kid began writing all this down excitedly on a heavily creased sheet he pulled from his pocket. He ripped it. The kid rolled his eyes in annoyance and reached into his bag to pull out a thick stack of papers, thumping them on the table. The two other kids and Jolder looked at the papers in amusement, while the scrawny kid took one off the top, titled it Items, and began writing. The girl swiped a page from the pile and scribbled a small note on it, folded it, and held it in the air. Mr. DM, could you maybe, like, work this into the story somehow? I think it would be cool for my character. The bandit leader plucked it out of the air with a smile, and with eyes reflecting the crimson light of the fire, popped it into her mouth and swallowed without chewing. The fire flared brighter for a moment. A scream broke the silence. The tent walls dissolved around them, and the scene flowed as black smoke back onto the tabletop, where the snowy valley took form. The valley glowed as soft white from the snow, but the rest of the room was a void. One of the papers on the pile floated off the pile, as if blown by a slight breeze. It twirled and spun slowly above the table, fading into a deep black color. Abruptly, the paper stiffened and began folding upon itself, incredibly quickly. A black figure of papery angles dropped out of the air a second later, landing in the valley. The origami man, folded of black paper and wearing a black suit, stood silently in the snow. The pile of paper suddenly blew apart, and dozens of sheets went tumbling through the air. They began stiffening and folding as well, dropping into the clearing to form origami tents, carefully folded bandits running for safety and shelter, and hundreds of immensely detailed paper skeletons emerging from the forest. The dark man walked silently around the figures, unseen. Four sheets of paper twirled and twisted into an elf with a hammer, a human carrying a staff, a thick man with a broadsword, and a small knife-wielding woman. They dropped into the clearing, facing the approaching horde. The curly-haired boy shouted loudly, I charge! And the origami elf began running heedlessly towards the skeletons. No, we need a... And he's off, said the scrawny boy in dismay. The sorcerer hefted his paper staff and pointed it towards the army. I suppose this is as good a time as any. I cast Fireball! Several papers floating around the table suddenly shredded into tiny strips and streaked into the valley, forming tiny flames and curls of smoke that blasted towards the horde. Every skeleton outstretched their hands as one, and tiny bits of paper ripped free and folded into hundreds of tiny dice. Hundreds of tiny paper dice were tossed to the ground, then picked back up by the skeletons, just as the fireball hit. About a third dissolved into strips of paper. The other two-thirds dove out of the way or raised folded shields. The man of black paper walked through the paper flames without pause, 
eyeing the dissolving skeletons with something approaching excitement. Without pause, the curly-haired elf smashed into the front line, hammer swinging. Every few seconds, the boy would drop his dice into the valley and peer at the number showing, and all the skeletons would pull tiny paper dice from their palms and roll them quickly. Meanwhile, the rogue woman swung her knife into the air, letting it boomerang through paper skulls before returning to her grip. A skeleton lunged as she caught it and swung a blade into her side. You take damage from this sword, but you do have an opportunity to react, the demon's voice rumbled. I slashed at its ribcage, the girl shouted. Her little paper figure swung its tiny blade out, carving away some of the skeleton's folded ribs and causing it to stumble back. The origami woman straightened and drove her blade directly into the skeleton's forehead. It dissipated into tiny shreds of paper that floated away on an unseen breeze, joining the slowly churning maelstrom of paper around the table. The scrawny kid fired magic missile after magic missile into the skeletal crowd, blasting them to oblivion. Can you do this as much as you want? The demon asked curiously. The scrawny kid paused, then nodded to the tiny black man prowling through the battlefield. You're right, I'll run out of spell slots. I cast, and was cut off by a massive white shape, charging out of the horde and slamming into him. A skeletal minotaur. The girl shrieked and clapped her hands together. Yes! It plowed into the human sorcerer, who dropped his staff and scrabbled helplessly against the snow. The scrawny kid rolled his dice frantically, but watched as the minotaur punched his figure and clawed him viciously across the face. An arm raised, and Jolder crashed into the minotaur, broadsword slicing deeply into its chest. The demon thundered. Its voice betrayed a childish glee at the action. Jolder's origami figure went tumbling into the snow, the minotaur underneath him. It hacked ferociously at the beast, then paused and rolled a dice. The minotaur did not roll a dice. The dozen skeletons creeping up behind him did. They all grinned empty smiles and took a step forward, then another, until they could have touched Jolder. Then they leapt, knives and swords jabbing deeply into him. Jolder grunted in surprise, but was helpless to resist the surprise attacks of so many foes. The demon whispered into the night air. The little black man dove in front of Jolder, but was sliced to ribbons instantly and thoughtlessly. Jolder's figure struggled for a moment, then fell limp. The scrawny kid, face stricken and pale, turned to the others. I didn't mean for him to die. He didn't need to do that. He turned back to the scene as his figure picked himself up. I cast magic missile at the jerks. Bolts of paper spun out from his hands and blew the skeletons apart, leaving only spinning curls of paper behind. As the curly-haired elf slammed his hammer into a particularly large skeleton and the rogue woman plucked her red paper knife out of the air, a wave of force rippled out across the valley, reverberated past the kids and into the void. The demon spoke, its voice like the fell tolling of a bell striking midnight. You feel that dark energy twist through the battlefield, and a dreadful emptiness fills you. The kids simultaneously shivered, as the chill of the wind and snow finally drove through them, and a small figure emerged from the trees. The only one not folded of paper. A small man in a purple cloak. The demon's voice sounded both eager and anxious, as it rumbled through the void. The necromancer arrives on the battlefield. A pop sounded, and all the paper spinning around them dissolved into smoke. The origami shapes seemed to clench, then expand rapidly into normal-looking objects and people, leaving no paper behind. The small figure in violet raised their hand, and the tiny bones across the field shivered to life and spun towards the rogue, interlocking around her. Moments later, a ball of tightly knit bones hovered in the air, with the rogue trapped inside. Damn it! Can I roll to escape? The demon's voice rumbled. No, you must wait for your turn. It is the sorcerer's turn, I believe. The scrawny kid pointed down at the purple-clad man. I cast Scorching Ray at the Necromancer. A bolt of searing light shot out of the sorcerer towards the Necromancer. 
The purple-clad man calmly reached into a pocket, withdrew a small die, and rolled it as the beam burned towards him. Then a minuscule grin appeared on his face as he dissolved into a flock of ravens. He cast Dark Transport, the demon grumbled. The necromancer reformed a short distance away and swept his hand through the air, with a spray of dark rays shooting away from him. Two struck bandits trying to grapple with remaining skeletons, the other narrowly missed the charging elf as the curly-haired boy's die stopped tumbling to face a 17 upwards. I raise my hammer and prepare to crash it into the necromancer, shouted the boy. The miniature elf hefted the hammer while the necromancer snatched a bone off the ground and shouted an incantation lost to the howling winter gale. As the hammer was brought down, the bone cracked and elongated into a massive white greatsword that the necromancer raised to block the blow. He casts bone sword, the demon whispered darkly. The sword cracked and shattered, and the necromancer brought his palm up to shoot a wave of violet energy into the elf's chest. The boy let out a sympathetic cry as the elf was flung backwards and landed heavily in the snow. Once more, the bones lying around the field shivered to life and swirled towards the elf as he gathered himself except they didn't form a cage as they latched together into an intricate skeleton. They formed a dragon. I cast lightning bolt on the necromancer to disrupt him, the scrawny kid shouted. Crackling crimson electricity formed above the sorcerer's palms, but the necromancer simply plucked a black die from thin air, rolled it, then pointed at one of the bandit corpses nearby. As the bolt of lightning streaked from the sorcerer, the demon said, He cast guardian, and the corpse lurched to life, flinging itself into the lightning. Can I please roll to escape? The girl said exasperatedly, scrabbling for her dice. A two, she cried, as the skeletal dragon roared a dusty howl. The elf hoisted himself to his feet and lifted his hammer from the snow. I attack the ridiculously cool dragon, the curly-haired boy shouted defiantly. The dragon hissed and curled backwards as the hammer narrowly missed it, then swept its tail around and smashed it into the elf. As the elf landed once more into the snow, black fire began dribbling from the skeletal dragon's maw. Without asking, he tossed his wooden die to the table and whooped as it halted on a 19. The elf rolled to the side and narrowly avoided the gout of necromantic flame that whistled through the air. Meanwhile, the necromancer dodged another ray of light and conjured a wall of screaming spectral faces that raced towards the sorcerer. The scrawny kid was furiously muttering and rolling his die. I cast shield, now I respond with thunder wave, as a green square rotated out of nothingness in front of him to catch the spectral faces then disappeared as the air vibrated away from the sorcerer. The necromancer gestured, and a shimmering purple dome flashed briefly into existence as the air rippled with force. The kid scowled, saying, I cast Scorching Ray again, in frustration. The ray blistered towards the necromancer as he rolled a die, but for the first time, the small man didn't smile at the result. For the first time, he was just too slow getting out of the way, and the ray carved a thin strip away from his side. The necromancer cried out in pain and pulled a glass orb from his pocket, bringing it to his face. Then all three kids saw the slice on his side close up and vanish, as the necromancer lowered the orb with a smile and took a step forward. I roll to break free, the girl yelled. She let out an angry shout at the resulting three, while the scrawny boy spoke into the air. I roll perception on what that object was, and I get an 18. The demon rumbled in response. It is a blood blossom in a glass orb, symbol of growth. Inhale its fragrance from the holes in the glass and be healed of any injury. But touch even a petal and the growth will be too strong to handle. The scrawny kid stopped to process this as the curly-haired boy shouted, I grapple the dragon! The demon's voice hesitated, then groaned in despair as it said, It throws you free and turns towards the bandits. There is a child abandoned in the battlefield and the dragon. A die dropped out of its ribcage to spin to the ground, revealing a 17. Seize her. 
The curly-haired boy roared in sudden anger. Not the kid, you monster! I attack its leg with my hammer! The dragon began dribbling black fire, eyeing the terrified child malevolently, before it screeched in pain and toppled over as its leg shattered. The elf limped over to its skull as it tried to right itself. I pulverize it, the curly-haired boy said with finality, and the elf did so. Can I please escape? The girl almost screamed. She looked to be about to fall out of her chair with pent-up excitement as she tossed the dice onto the table. A 16. Yes! I hurl my ruby dagger at the necromancer. She tossed her die to the table excitedly, then cried out as it bounced away off the edge and out of sight. The curly-haired boy quickly grabbed her shoulder as she bent to search for it. Here, use mine. We can't stop now. The girl took the elaborately carved wooden d20 and tossed it to the table as the ruby knife left her hand and swung towards the necromancer. As the die bounced, the necromancer stepped easily out of the way, then turned to look at her in amusement, and the die rolled to a stop beside his small figure. A 20. The knife whistled back from behind to return to the rogue's hand and smashed into the glass orb, clutched in the necromancer's grip, shattering it. He snatches at the blossom unconsciously, the demon whispered as the purple-clad man caught the blossom in his hand. Too much growth. The die exploded. The wooden lattice erupted outwards and drove deeply into the ground below, anchoring it immediately. Other tendrils whipped around the necromancer, ensnaring him in dozens of branches. They continued to sprout more as the wood wrapped itself around the necromancer like a python, tightening and curling faster than he could scream. Tiny leaves popped into life along the ruthless branches, and his form disappeared into the trunk until only an outstretched hand holding a single pink blossom remained, poking out of the massive tree. Then all is still, and the necromancer is dead, the demon rumbled with a quiet glee. As the kids whooped in relieved excitement, the voice interrupted, but we have not finished yet. The scene on the tabletop faded away into smoke, then the void burst alight from the fires of hundreds of candles and lanterns arrayed around a great hall. In celebration of your defeat of the necromancer, you are invited to meet the king. Dozens of retainers wearing silvery masks, as if in a masquerade, filled the room. As they stared at the kids, the scrawny boy piped up. Could I heal my master with that blossom? All the retainers nodded in unison, and the kids sighed in relief. Then I do that, before coming to meet the king. Your master is safe, thanks to your efforts, O sorcerer, said a stately voice. A man with an ornate crown pushed out of the throng of retainers and inclined his head at the scrawny kid. And so is this land. And thanks to you, O warrior, we have elected to grant you a small fortune. At this, a large sack materialized and dropped in front of the curly-haired boy with a satisfying clink. And Madam Rogue, we have... The king stopped and peered closer at the girl, who beamed in her seat. Then his mouth dropped open and tears welled up in his eyes as he spoke. My dear, my little princess, you're alive! The two boys turned, stunned, to look at the girl. She winked. It is her backstory. She is the lost princess, the demon rumbled. The king reached forward and plucked the ruby knife from her, tossing it aside. You shall never leave my side again, do you hear me? You could have died! The girl grinned and stretched out her hand. The king stumbled aside as she plucked the returning knife out of the air. No, father, I'm going to do what I want to do, and will only rule if the kingdom requires it. I can protect myself. The two boys clapped enthusiastically at the gesture, and the entire crowd of masked retainers began loudly applauding. The king hesitated, then clapped slowly as well, with a reluctant smile, before dissolving into dark smoke. The rest of the attendees in the great hall melted away into shadow, leaving only a plainly dressed man, wearing the simple mask of a laughing face. The figure walked forward as scarlet globes lit inside the mask's eyes, and the void around them brightened to reveal their room. Unchanged except for a large pile of hastily rifled through and overturned D&D guidebooks and rules. 
The masked figure stopped beside the pile and looked at the three kids with scarlet eyes. An edge of excitement and nervousness tinged its ancient voice as the demon spoke. So, how did I do? Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time! Ha 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 ha!